have a name? Well, you know, they have to get you to read the other three. Yeah, I have the other one right here, and I just ordered the other two because I can't stand not knowing what happens to this kid. See? I'm invested. I got you. I hate it. I'm just kidding. I'm what reading you, it to, so that we buy it. Can you name it, just in case the dear listeners might want to know? Oh, yeah, sure. What? Um, we're not here for them. Are we starting off? No! Oh, are sorry. we starting off with what we're reading then? Wait. <laughs> I love you. Oh, clever. <laughs> Hello, dear listeners. Oh, oh. We're missing someone. We are. I mean, we could still have semi-bookish because we got the ish. He's in the house. We're missing uh, the book, though, so we're just semi-ish. But we are. No, it's not Tony this time. <laughs> we are missing our dear adult and teen services librarian because she, to my knowledge, hasn't shown chosen a greater moniker worthy of glory, honor. Oh, yeah, we haven't given her one. She's have we? gone to go live at Disney for the next few days. I know. We're all jealous. Well, I'm not really. I, I she sold. I'm jealous. I've never been, so I'm kind of jealous. Listen, she sold herself at four. Okay. Okay. Like the rest of us. <laughs> but yes, if you if you see her in a week or so, shake your finger jealously at her for going to you know which which is Disney World, Disneyland, Florida. Florida. Disney World. Okay, yeah. Disney World Florida. in Florida. Yeah. Shake your finger for being jealous, but also lament that you don't get to hear her cherubic voice today. <laughs> cherubic! <laughs> oh, should we, because she's not here, should we give her a, a, a supreme name? I think she's just going to be known as the cherub from now on. <laughs> Seems like a... How can you walk away from no, that? So really quick, we got Andy, that's, what's my name? Dungeon Daddy. Oh, gross. Okay, we got the mouth <laughs> from the south. <sighs> Tony, we got Lord Ish. That's a Grant over. Grant over. Grant over. That's your that's your pen name, Grant over. Um, and then Supreme Overlord of the Library, Aaron. I mean, Jen's kind of my twin, so I mean, we're kind of co-supreme overlords at this point. I mean, what else is a cherub but an overlord of love? Oh, God. <laughs> it's sticking. Why did you just say it? Uh, she loves that. romance. I no. know. I can't believe it. Oh, it just came out. I just, I can't. I'm done. Take it away. Okay, before we get too far into, like, our shenanigans. Yes. Um, I think we need to go back to what Aaron is reading, which that'll be the start of the round. Yes. Aaron, what are you reading? All right, so first of all, I need to start preface with what I'm playing because otherwise my brain just, you know. Yeah. But I, um, I should have looked it up first, but I really didn't because I don't know how to do things. <laughs> I'm playing uh, a game called Inscription, oh. which is basically like a roguelike. It's a, it's a deck card game, but it's oh. also a horror game at the same time. Oh, cool. So, um, I literally just started it, so I'll let you know next episode how oh, I feel going. about it. Okay. Um, cool. Book-wise, I ordered like a whole bunch of different manga uh, for reasons of uh, collection purposes, development yes. purposes, then <laughs> teens, come tell me what your favorite manga is, I swear, please, to yeah. all that is holy, please tell me what your favorite manga is. Yes. Um, so I grabbed a few to like read them to go like, hey, what are they about? Mm -hmm. well, besides like the fact that I read them all the time, but like, to, <laughs> but you know, the, which to evaluate how well they would work in the collection. Yeah. And right. so I'm reading this one right now called <clears throat> Our Dreams at Dusk. It's by. Uh, I love it when they put stickers over the name. Um, <laughs> Shimon, that words. Tasogare 
Shiman Nami. Shimanami. Shimanami. Okay. okay. Words are hard today. It's okay. Um, and if we have anyone fluent in uh, Japanese, uh, you can look them up and then correct us firmly. I used to be actually really good at saying them, but like today's just not today. Um, anyways, <laughs> the storyline is about um, is about uh, Tasuku Kaname, uh -huh. and uh, Tasuku is um, new to his school, and he has just been accidentally outed by his peers mm -hmm. that he is gay, or at least he might be, and so his classmates are now giving him the runaround and the bullying that you know. That happens. Happens when you're around 14 years old ish, mm -hmm. and um, he decides that he just doesn't want to exist because of this. Sure. Yes. And um, uh, finds himself after a series of events in a center called the Drop-In Center, and essentially it's just like a house, and it has like books, music, all this kind of things, and other people, and he learns that he's not the only person. There are adults who are LGBTQ, and all this other stuff, and he's learning to accept himself as, one, a gay teen, two, a gay teen in Japan, and mm -hmm. three, accepting himself and loving himself despite the fact that his <clears throat> peers are, you know, so against it. And dealing with a crush at the same exact time. Oh, well, yeah, you have Who's to. in his class, and it's fantastic. And he just stares at him, and I'm like, I feel this on a personal level. <laughs> it's like four volumes long. I just finished the first one. I have the second one right here, and I ordered volumes three and four because I can't stand not knowing what happens. Nice. Meanwhile, I'm also reading a series called Momote Lollipop, and that's a whole oh, yeah. other thing that I'll explain in two weeks. Nice. What are you reading? What am I reading? <laughs> oh my god, boys, with this accent! I, I, need I, you. I just... Okay, never mind. Um, this isn't all of a twist, I need you to stop right now. Please, sir, may I have some more? Oh god, oh! Just, oh. Just a little crumpet. <laughs> okay, that's the end of that. Tony, Tony, can we fire them? No, because no, I started it. What are you reading? What am I reading? I am reading Out of Order. Um... <laughs> Naked Lunch, William S. Burroughs. Oh, the series Naked Lunch, or, or the book Naked Lunch. The book, Lunch. yep. I mean, it's kind of a, a loose connected series, loosely loosely connected. Did you say you're reading Out of Order, Naked Lunch? Yeah. Yeah, it, he, 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 he himself said that the, because the, the book is made up of like loosely connected vignettes for most of it. And he said, oh. you can read it in whatever order you want. Really? First time through. Okay. I read it, you know, just... Yeah, chronologically. And now you're reading yeah. it out of order. Now I'm reading it out of order, like he said. That's so. fascinating. Yeah, I know, it's a different experience. I mean, yeah. it's one of my favorite books ever, so. Really? Oh, I don't even knew that. No, I mean. Interesting. Nothing else I've read has really made you. It literally makes you feel like you're a paranoid person running through the streets, and then all of a sudden, there's, there's a weird, there's a weird, Lizard centipede creature. There's a, there's a, House of Leaves does something you, you, very you, similar. You like to that this. feeling, huh? I, 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 <laughs> that's cool, actually. No, it's, for a book to be able to do, that's interesting. I would, re I would recommend. It. It's, okay. Uh, immediately banned when it was released originally. Well, yeah. so yeah, it must be yeah. great. William S. Burroughs. Read banned yes. books, everyone. Exactly. Yeah. It's true. Um, Tony, are you reading? Any banned books, or are you just oh reading anything in general? God, okay, so I will give you the stack that I am currently reading. Oh, <laughs> so in, in uh, audiobook world, I am listening to Wolf Hall by Hilary Mantel. It is fantastic. 
anytime you hear anybody talk about like, oh, this book won the Booker Prize, your eyes, or at least mine, immediately roll to the back of my head because I'm like, this is going to be dry and dull and British and ugh. <laughs> this is wild. Thanks to any of the British people listening to our podcast. Yes, wild. Yeah. While this is very British because it's literally taking place in the court of or in the times and court of Henry VIII, it is the funniest book I have read in a long. It is hysterical. Um, the shenanigans of Thomas Cromwell and everyone around him are shenanigans when viewed through the eyes of, and also the way that she deals with death. She literally, like, at the end of one chapter, kills off his entire family. Oh, well, that's And it nice. just kind of just happens, because they're dying of an illness. And it just, it's very matter-of-fact. It's like, oh, yes, and this character woke up, felt a scratch in the throat, and two days later, they were dead. And I was just like... Well, how else are you supposed to deal with it? Do you want them to suffer forever? It, it was very, it was cold, and it hurt a lot. Hillary Mantel, thank you. Um, so that's my audiobook listen to. My nonfiction read, plural, read, plural, duh. Yeah, no, I'm only reading one nonfiction thing right now. Um, is the woman who would be king? I believe I got that title correct. The woman that's, who would be king. That's the, the um, hottest but one. Yes, by, I said it right. Yes. Anyways, <clears throat> by Kara Cooney, who would be yes. Um. Yeah, the woman who would be king. And it's about Hatshepsut's rise to power in ancient Egypt. If you don't know who Hatshepsut is, look her up. I'm not telling you. Uh, I was just excited. I said her it's name It's fantastic. Right. It, she's a wonderful... Kara Kuni is a wonderful Egyptologist who is showing me all kinds of ways about the world. She's amazing. Um, and unlike so much of her coterie... She is actively anti-sexist, or not anti-sexist, yes, anti-sexist, anti-racist, anti-authoritarian, which makes her really interesting because, you know, those Egyptian pharaohs were extremely authoritarian. Um, That's an interesting way, like, her viewpoint going in that. She literally refers to Akhenaten as the Trump of his times, and when she said that, I like, I wanted to be defensive because I was like, how dare you mess with my pharaohs, but I realized that literally was the point of her making the statement, and I was like... And she's not wrong. I hate her. I love her, but I hate her. And my other two fiction reads that I'm reading physical print, I'm reading Nefertiti by Michelle Moran and Child of the Morning by, um, oh God, what is her name? Pauline Getch. So, yes, I'm literally reading all of those at once right now because my brain is capable, I guess. I don't know. I'm an insane person. What are you reading, Andy? Yes, you are. <laughs> Office. You have any leftover crumpets? <laughs> Tell no. me what you're reading, Andy. Oh my. <laughs> Just say no. <laughs> no more crumpets. We no more crumpets. We're out. We don't have crumpets, but we have goldfish. Oh, I love the fishes because they're so delicious. Oh my god. Babies and cream. Jen, this has gone off the rails. I'm sorry. You're not listening anyway. It doesn't they're matter. not cookies. <laughs> Newtons are fruit and cake. What are you reading? I don't know. I don't know. You don't know what you're reading? <laughs> you know, that's partially true. I know what I'm reading. I had to look at my Goodreads. What am I reading? <laughs> um, no, I've been a bit of a reading slump because Tony and oh. Tina's wedding has, oh, sure. has been con- like life-consuming for the Everyone the go see period. Tony and Tina's wedding. No, well, actually, there are tickets for this Thursday, tomorrow night's, what is today? Tomorrow night's uh, performance, the only show of the weekend with tickets remaining. Yes, but when you're listening to this recording... Yes, that's a good point. I think he's talking over. to the time travelers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Okay, so you've been in a reading slump, so are you not reading? Reading slump, I'm slowly dragging a little bit with Have Mercy, finally, because I downloaded the audiobook recently to by Jada Jones and Danielle Bennett. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I bought it yeah, yeah. like November, but I just got right. so busy, didn't have time. Yeah. Eventually said, oh, get the audiobook, I'll have time. And until the show is behind me, I won't have time. Oh, no. I'm listening a few minutes here and there, but like I tried to listen for a little extended period of time, and yeah. I'm just like so exhausted. I'm like, I caught nothing. Yeah. Like I have to go back. Um, and it has all the makings. It has a it, 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 steampunk dragons, <gasps> piloted by wizards. <laughs> but like like the wizards of this, they're not your typical kind of you know robe wearing frail like they're the rock stars of their time mm, would um, be, I would think and I, you know I've 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 read about a hundred pages into it so I know a little bit of the foundation it's mm-hmm. a pretty solid world building to start it's interesting um and I'm also I did download recently and thank you Christina Kidney for the recommendation because I feel like I'm going to enjoy it. One of Us is Lying, which I didn't know oh, until talking to Jen oh, yesterday that there's so a show. Yes. But, I, yeah. but maybe I'll watch it. Maybe I won't. Um, <coughs> yes. Uh, Karen McManus. Um, Would recommend. I like that ser- that book. And I downloaded that from Libby the other day when Should- she was talking about Oh my god, this sounds cool. Okay. Oh, after the show's done, I'm all on board. Yeah. Um, hold on. Uh, Kelly, while I don't know, I did chew through a little bit of it, but it's frustrating me. I don't think I'm in a good headspace to read um, Off the Edge, Flat Earthers, Conspiracy. No, I'm, I oh, can't. Yeah, the one that you already. picked up that I looked at you and I said, why? Mm. I, nothing against you, Kelly, but not that you're going to hear this, but nothing against you. <laughs> I just, right <laughs> now, there's them. too much craziness going on in the world that I need to deviate and go to, you know, fun. Even if it's like talking about post-apocalyptic, everyone's dying. To me, that's kind of fun. It's not heartwarming. It's not giving my heart a hug. I mean, everybody I'm Are you throwing it out dead, the window? So, I mean, you know. No. Well, <laughs> for now. Okay. Soon. You're welcome. But yes, that's that's kind of what I'm reading. Um, and I'm taking that off my list because I just... Yeah. I'll come back to it maybe. Yeah. Um, when I have more brain. When, when I have two brain cells that I can work with. <laughs> but yeah. No, maybe they'll make a movie of it. You have two, you have two brain cells? <gasps> What was that? What, what, was, what did you say? Maybe they'll make a movie. Of what? Oh, interesting. Oh, off the Edge. Wait. Off the Edge, the Flat Earther book. I hope See, not. at that point, I just recommend you Speaking watch... Speaking of Don't which... Yeah. At, at that point, I just recommend you watch Don't Look Up. Don't Look Up. And actually, on the topic, which this podcast is all about today, is <clears throat> underrated movies. I think I'm going to get the ball rolling. Oh, okay. No, I'm not going with Don't Look Up, but in the vein of Don't Look Up... <laughs> I was talking. Like, I really like the movie "Seeking a Friend for the End of the World." Oh, I it's seen a post, that one. like a kind of an not post-apocalyptic, but an apocalyptic rom-com. I think yeah. you could define it as. Okay. Um, Steve Carell, Kira Knightley, um, yeah. in one of her films that she's not wearing some medieval costumes. Clothing. Yes, she's um, constantly. Which. Fair warning: If you seek this movie out, "Seeking a Friend for the End of the World," um, have tissues ready, maybe. Mm. But be in a good headspace because um, the last time I watched it was during the shutdown. Oh. And Aaron's like, I hate you for making me watch that. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good time to watch, you know, because it really felt like the end of you the know, world. But it's like, I don't even necessarily know why people don't like it. Is it. They don't? There's quite a few people that I've talked to recently that they, they're just, oh, it's, okay. it's not that good. I'm like, I've, I've always really enjoyed it. It's a great movie. Okay. That's, you know, 
because it's it, it is a little quirky in that it's I mean I'd say its biggest hit is that Steve Carell's in it because um, I don't that's he's, not a shining recommendation by he's, the way he's better than <laughs> he's better than um, Jim Carrey to me but he's one of those people I really have to be in the mood for him to tolerate him like he's the worst part and also the best part of the office go figure oh I love him he's so good in the office but yeah um god <laughs> No, I don't know. That's just, you said don't look up, and that made me think of, like, a discussion yeah. I was having recently. Like, I don't know why it didn't resonate with people. Like, it had a lot of good beats. Just, I it, think it's the ending that just kind of rubbed people the wrong way. Even though it's announced in the title of the movie. Seeking from Vinny in the World? Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, I, I, what the, you know? I mean, if I had to choose between <laughs> endings of Don't Look Up or Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, I couldn't choose which one did it better. Because mm. they both kind of leave you emotionally destroyed. That's interesting, because I think that's something that's, since we're talking about underrated movies, I think that's something that uh, has to be true about underrated movies to some degree, is that something unexpected or jarring is a part of the experience of the movie. Maybe. I really don't know, because sometimes I think, like, conventional movies also get this slap where people are like, oh, I don't like it. And then they try to explain why they don't like it. And you're like, and then they rave about something else that's literally the same thing. No, there's definitely... And you're like, what? <laughs> I don't understand how you watch movies. <laughs> no, there, there, there's there's different ways something can you know end up being underrated. Definitely. Okay, what's your underrated pick? What's, uh, oh, what's I, an I, underrated pick? I will pick watch. Uh, Do you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, okay. I wouldn't see. be surprised if Grant has like this like super long list I do. that spans. I like, only have two. It's like a Google Doc, and it's like five pages long and growing, <laughs> and you're just yes. like... Okay, I'll start with a recent one. Um, Pig, starring Nicolas Cage. Oh, yeah? Um, How was that? That was really good. I was surprised. Because okay. um, if you watch the trailer... Has it been out long enough to be considered underrated? I haven't heard anybody talk about it. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Really? Anyway. Right. I'll, give you the, I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> but, like, if when you watch the trailer or, like, look at the promotional materials, you mm-hmm. get the vibe that it's going to be another take on, like, the John Wick-esque revenge Oh, sure. Movie. Yes. Yes. Really, it's an inversion of that. Okay. Where he's not. It's hard. I, I, it's hard to describe. But like you go and expect because like like the first ten minutes set it up to be one of those kinds of movies. And don't yeah. get me wrong, I love John Wick and stuff. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Awesome. But um, then it, I think I would say it very 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 nicely subverts that. And it's, yeah, it's a very different type of movie. Okay. Um, and it goes a lot of weird places. But, okay. But I like it. Hmm. I haven't heard anybody really talk about it. That's interesting. What's another one? What's another one? Actually, you really have to look at your Can I piggyback on this really quick? Because mm-hmm. as you were talking, I thought about 2007, a little movie with Clive Owen came out. Oh, um, Which I like Clive Owen anyway. Which one? Wait. Calm yourself, Patience, the one that I think you... And it, what really drew me to it, despite my appreciation for Clive Owen, it was Paul Giamatti as an assassin slash villain. Yeah, I love this movie. I thought you were talking about a different movie. Shoot him up. Yeah, shoot him okay. up. I love Which, that movie. I love it's, that movie. It's in the vein of John Wick and maybe Pig. I haven't seen it yet. Um, John Wick wishes it was shoot him up because everything wishes no. it was shoot him up. Shoot him up is broken. Okay. 
I thought that was gonna be like a complete dig on John Wick because I really, really like the John Wicks. I've films. never seen them, really but cool. okay. Right. Here's what. It's here's just where Keanu. Shoot That's all you need to know. Where shoot 'em up and John Wick movies okay. um, excel. <laughs> yeah. They are not pretentious. They come across as blatantly 80s style, ridiculous, over the top action without necessarily leaning into like. And Fast and the Furious. Amazing though they may be to other people, I feel like there's something that I can't vibe with about them. But like this other l- lower brow entertainment, like John Wick or Shoot 'Em Up. I mean, the guy's always he's like a okay. a killer box bunny. He's eating a carrot every to five call minutes. To Shoot 'Em Up low brow is just a slap in my face. It is not low brow. That movie is brilliant. In the same way that, um, oh god, what is that movie that nobody talks about that Daniel Radcliffe is in? See, now I have a third movie. Uh, Guns Akimbo. Guns Akimbo. Oh yeah, my god. That, the brilliance of that movie is that it is literally the hero's journey in the most ridiculous fashion that you could possibly imagine. Like, it was like, what if the hero's journey was a video game? No, no, no. Not like, what if you're playing a video game that's the hero's journey? We've all seen that before. What if you, a person who just wanted to live your regular life, you know, the life where you screwed up a relationship with a past girlfriend and maybe stalked her a little bit, because, you know, you know how to do that as an IT person. You kind of failed as an IT person. But what if you suddenly got the heroic call in the most insane possible way, which is a group of people who are part of a video game break into your apartment, beat the hell out of you, and tape, like surgically tape guns, not tape, but like surgically attach guns to your hands. And you can't get out of it. I need to, I need to watch that. That movie is, br- it is so... I feel like a lot of the stuff he's in though is very underrated. Like mm-hmm. the TV show that he's in is also like... Oh yeah, fantastic! It's Miracle Worker. Yes, I've heard that's um, really good. It's hilarious. Essentially, it's just like, yeah, God's like, yeah, we're gonna destroy the world, and then these two like lower angels are just like, oh no, we can't do that. So they're trying to like save everyone, and Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> is like the most hilarious comedic relief in the whole thing. He's hysterical. I love him so much. He's like so underrated in general. Think. Swiss Army Man is another underrated. Oh. I, yeah. I, I already talked about that in the podcast. So yeah, like, that's true. I'm not gonna bring that up. That is a brilliant movie. That's true. But yeah, I would say Shoot 'Em Up and Guns Akimbo are in the same. I mean, I think Guns Akimbo is a slightly more brilliant because it's trying a little harder. But Shoot 'Em Up, I think, just it goes for it. It does, and it should. Like, it's one of those movies that you could dismiss as slapstick, but if you actually pay attention to it, there's a internal logic to it that only makes sense when you're watching that movie. You're not supposed to think about it afterwards. Like, because if you do, you failed. Like, you you watched it wrong. Why yeah. is he always chewing a carrot? How come he's in a... I literally had somebody say to me once, they're like, you yeah, know, that movie's so unrealistic, though. Like, he gets in a gun battle holding a baby, and, like, the only people that die are bad guys. And I was like... Not that I want names. It's a movie! Like, Not that I want a name, but can you, like... It was some idiot I went to high school with, like, ten years ago. They probably love Fast and the Furious. Yeah, actually, they probably do. Which is stupid, right? Because it's like, they're both high-octane movies in which stuff happens that cannot happen in real life without actual consequences. Like, I don't understand how... The stuff they do to, like... And I haven't even seen anything beyond the first movie in Fast and the Furious. I've seen a few of them. I I just can't get behind Fast and the Furious. I get bored. Yeah, they're yeah. boring. That's my thing. I get thing. very bored watching yeah. them. Shoot them like, on a subjective level, they're bored to us, but like other people like them, and I can see the appeal. I can I can see it. I just don't 
get it. I mean, semi-hat dudes driving cars. Semi? Semi, come on, none of them, please. No, I think you're being a little bit too generous. Oh, am I? <laughs> wow, all right, maybe, I don't know. Sorry. They're just, Paul Walker's you know, pretty hot, I mean, he's flaming. I mean, he's, he's a kind of like blockhead, crisp. and almost he crispy. can't act. Ouch. Oh, Ouch. oh, oh, sorry, too soon. Ouch. Still too soon. Ouch. Just rude. <laughs> and then that whole, like, everyone who, like, like the public mourning of Paul Walker, I was so nauseated. Like, I'm like, can we not? Like, speaking of someone who should have stayed underrated, he cannot act his way out of a paper bag. And yet, yeah, yeah, I can't. What's, a, what's another one? I can't. Well, let's, okay, so two, th- two things. Uh, I, do, I do agree that Pig may have maybe too recent of a movie to truly call underrated. Sure. Also, your use of the word pretentious, which is one of my least favorite words in English. Oh! It brings oh. me back to 1990s art house horror classic Begotten, or should be classic. Begotten? Ooh, Begotten. I've never heard of that. It is by the same director as, I think it's Shadow of the Vampire. It has Willem Dafoe in it. Oh, I don't know that one either. It's like about the filming of Nosferatu, but Interesting. it turns out Nosferatu is an actual vampire or something. Yeah, well, yes, so, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that's why I've heard of it, because it's Willem Dafoe. Yeah. <laughs> Willem Dafoe. <laughs> I do like him. Um, but I think this movie begotten. has begotten, okay. begotten has had a lot like a, it's had a subtle influence on that kind of artier spectrum of horror mm-hmm. over the mm-hmm. years and even internet horror which is how I originally came across it because there's a very memorable scene that it opens up with with a, I won't spoil anything but with like a mysterious figure in, in, a, in a weird cabin and he's like you know stabbing himself and stuff but anyway oh that's a lot. That it is in black and white, super grainy. Yeah. Oh, those are some pictures. Yep. Those are some. Now, my first exposure to it was like in the like in the early days of YouTube when you'd see like a band videotape, you know, hot, cursed, whatever. Yeah. And you mean as, as a kid, you'd think it's real, and you're like, I, in quite a few videos, you'd see that clip from there, just kind of. So essentially, you're oh. si- you're basically saying that Begotten's like a '90s version of the SCPs. It was, I would say, it added to that. It, it's, it's, I mean, it, it's, it's tangentially S- related. SCPs to that. were influenced by Begotten at this point. By the existence of Begotten, I see. Not by, not directly. But okay, here, here's what I say. Okay, pretentious. I'm, I, I'm going insane. No. So do, do um, the thing. Okay. Every single reaction I've seen online has been, "This is the, the nothing happens in this movie. It's horrible. It's black and white." It, that nobody says anything. But I wrote when I was in film school. I wrote an entire paper defending this movie. Oh, so I'm passionate. I'm, yes, I, but um, I love that. No, I mean it, it, it's it's a very <clears throat> it's hard to sit through. I'll admit it. It's like two hours. Carry on. There's no talking. Nothing really. Nothing. Nothing happens. actually Fine. really happens. Yeah. No, but <laughs> you, you need to allow yourself to be taken along in the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, it's an art house film. It's an art house like, film. Like. It's one of those films that you'd probably go see in a gallery and it'd be like projected on the wall and there's like, a whole bunch of different like mood lighting I going on. I love a good movie in which, no, not a good movie, I love Definitely a great avant-garde. movie in which nothing happens. That's my, I have a whole avant-garde stack of movies kind of where literally movies, so. the whole, the only thing about those movies is they're beautifully shot movies in which two people have a conversation the whole movie. Okay, well, I, I realize you you're said pointing, that. I, yeah. The Big Lebowski. 
That's not an underrated film. That That, that's that has a, a following. I mean, it's. But like, really, at the end of the day, people ask, "What's it about?" I'm like, I struggle. Cause You're like re- nothing. Really, nothing <laughs> happens. But like, I'm just like the dude just wanted his rug back. I feel and like leave I- it there. <laughs> that's a movie where I would say there's no grand thesis, but there's a lot of weird themes that come in, even like political stuff, where he's like watching. Bush Senior on the TV, and then you repeat this that. Aggression, later on. This aggression, this aggression will not stand. stand. And there's like the hippie culture and stuff. So there's stuff going on in it, but it's you don't have to watch it. It's me. such a wonderful film. Like I mean, it came out in '99. I was like, oh, it's pretty good. It's funny, and like it was okay. And then three weeks later, I find myself quoting it repeatedly. Like I gotta watch this again. Interesting. And I think that is my. Despite being like a Star Wars fanboy, uh, like comic book movie fanatic, I've watched that movie more than probably most other movies combined. Interesting. Like hundreds, in the multiple hundreds of times. Yeah. The Big Lebowski, because I—that's not an underrated movie, but just I—you I, said that because like it's this amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Nothing really happens. Right. It reminds me of Hot Fuzz. Have you ever seen Hot Fuzz? Hot Fuzz is hilarious. Where just like the sheer number of running jokes that build on, continually build on each other, and then it just they just it just keeps getting funnier. It's your funnier essential British on. police comedy yeah. going on. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like a okay, but okay. There's some similar stuff going on. Interesting. Hmm. Irenius. What? That's your Greek name, though. That's um, my Greek name. Irenius. Sounds more Roman than Greek. It really okay. does. I don't know. It sounds very Roman. <laughs> They're, I, they're close enough. I'm living in the world of sea They now. might have something to say about that, but carry on. I mean, they're both Mediterranean. So, I don't you know. watch a lot of Well, it's movies. like the same way, like, some people, like, to the outside perspective, they call Sicilians Italians. But if you talk to a Sicilian, they will cut you. Well, yeah, because it's a whole island separate from Italy. Like, there's this... Tomato, tomato. <laughs> So first things first, I saw Andy pointing at Tony, and my brain immediately went, so are you trying to cre- recreate the creation of Adam or what over here? Um, second of all, <laughs> literally that's how your hand was positioned. Uh, um, second funny. of all, I don't watch a lot of movies, actually. Uh, really? No, I, I, I'm mostly like animated movie-like type things. Okay, so what's um, an underrated so, movie? But, you know, I haven't watched <gasps> a lot in a while, so my brain immediately goes to... Um, I know you're going to know exactly which one I'm talking about, Treasure Planet. Talk, yeah. Yes. And that's what I started this whole entire conversation yes. with. I didn't even think about... So... Yes. So we, underrated. We, we don't talk about animated, underrated films enough. Treasure Planet's the best Disney movie they ever made, period. Like, ooh. Period. Of, you're not... Uh, fight like, me. Everyone no, wants I'm to fight me on it. No, I'm not going to fight you. I'm no, just I like, ooh. That. Everyone wants to fight me on it. I love Lion King. Don't get me wrong. I love Lion King. Lion King's like, kind of overrated, though. Uh, okay, first of all. They made three um, different Lion Kings. You can leave. No, but I'm not. But like, I'm saying, like, in the sense, comparison-wise, like. I am. But like, it's still good. It's brilliant. Like the Lion King is brilliant. Like the original. The rest of them are trash. But Treasure Planet is just like Treasure Planet is so. It's Treasure Island, but in space. It's but so much better. It's just it's so good. I love the music too. Like the main OST theme, I'm still here. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. literally is just yeah. on my playlist, and there yeah. are days where I will just have that song on for like it's, hours on end. Yeah. Um, it's so good. Absolutely love that movie. It's, and my brain is also going to um, underrated Ghibli movies. Um, okay. So one that comes to mind is Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind. I wouldn't call it's that not underrated. Too, it's not too <laughs> underrated, but it's 
I mean, it's not spirited away, but... But it's not, like, the most talked about. I don't know about that. Was that the first Ghibli movie? Or was no. it, like, early on? Or? No. No, no. The not first Ghibli movie was, like, ages ago. 1984. Mm. Yeah, I think the first one was Castle... No, it was... No. Por 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 no. No. What was it? Capture... No. No, Castle something. Castle... Castle... Austria Aus 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 Glow or whatever. Technically, if you want to be, like... Complete. It's like Nausicaa's the first one. Is it the but, first one? But like, really, it's not. Cause like, who was him? Lupin. Lupin's like Daniel one of the first ones. Thulis. How do you? Is I don't it? remember what it is. He's also in Big Lebowski. Daniel Thulis. I just, I, yeah, Lupin the third. Lupin the third. Nineteen seventy nine. You remember? Really? Oh, I yeah, I watched that one. It's, it's, yeah. it's also very underrated in terms of key like Miyazaki movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, he's a thief and his compatriots. It's just kind of like a cutesy, like slapsticky kind of like movie. Um, but it's very good. Okay. But they'll say that the first, they technically want to say the first official Studio Ghibli was uh, Castle in the Sky. Oh, Castle. I love Castle in the Sky. Castle in the Sky is Castle in the favorites. Sky is brilliant. Well, it has to be because 1985 was when the studio was founded. <laughs> Yeah, but if we want to be real, like, real, like, this is the actual Apocryphal, because you can't have a pre-studio Ghibli. That is a... That, yes, that, that, I've that, decided. That's not how that works. That's how it is today. <laughs> Though technically... But, okay, Kiki's I Kiki's delivery see, service was 1989? Oh, yeah, it was, it was pretty late. Well, not really late. I mean, because I think later was Spirited Away. Anyway. Whisper of the Heart's pretty good. Nausicaa. Interesting, Nausicaa. I still haven't seen Nausicaa, even though I've heard it's really good. <laughs> From a lot of people. All the Studio so Ghibli very, fans so love it. Yeah. That's why I'm like, I don't think it's underrated, because all the Studio like, Ghibli people I'm are like, it's like, so it's good. Interesting, I've never like, seen any it's of these. Un, it's, oh. it's underrated in terms of if you're talking about just, like, animation features in general. Oh, sure. But if you're talking, okay. like, among Ghibli fans, like, everyone like already knows what Nausicaa is. Right. Nausicaa's yeah, yeah. basically, so she lives on a planet mm -hmm. that, um... Unlike us. <laughs> I, I'm gonna compare this planet to, like, a half Dune-esque planet, half, like, jungle planet type right. deal, because it's mostly based on her living in this desert colony mm -hmm. type thing and there's insects giant worms in the ground and everything like that oh, right yeah, yeah. so that's why i'm comparing a little dune-esque in there and so she's kind of got to like help bring peace to her colony and the rest of the mm -hmm. world that's like being ravaged by all this crazy stuff yeah um a lot of people i think my favorite thing about nausicaa is the fact that everyone thinks she's not wearing pants in the movie but she actually she's is. actually wearing tights like the whole time no, the whole time she's actually wearing <laughs> pants but the way that the color correction works she oh. it just looks like it's her skin tone sure, sure. but she is wearing pants. uh that one's really good i think kiki's delivery service was one of my first ones that was like insanely good that's the one that I watched. It's true. First. That's but that literally was, the one that I watched. First. That one has never been underrated. Like that's a huge. Never been underrated. Yeah. Like you know, I remember commercials for Kiki's Delivery Service and just about dying. Porco Rosa was nineteen ninety two. I think I Grant uh, wants to steal the microphone. I can see him. Oh shopping. God! He's literally got the list on his phone. He's going myself. like. Uh, is there one? He really isn't. No, I'm having a diabetic low. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, that's why I'm shaking. <laughs> no, there's there's two. If, if there's only two more I, I talk about, it's going to be these two. So, okay. Oh no. Um, 
So me and my friends got together, did a did a list of like our top ten favorite movies of the past ten years. Oh, I thought you were gonna say me and my friends got together and we decided we were gonna kill half the world. Um, <laughs> Who do you think Whoa. my friends are? Oh, well, I mean, I'm very I'm nice people. Okay, I, but you? On the, no, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> um, and this came in, in number number two and number one. Okay, in the order that I'm talking. Okay. okay, so number two um, was the Place Beyond the Pines with. Ryan Gosling, oh. Bradley Cooper, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ray Liotta. I have that. Yeah, is such a good movie. Is it okay? And okay. It, I remember seeing the trailer back when it was first coming out. I was like, "Wow, man, this is like like this is gonna be big at the awards." Yeah, and it <laughs> was. You, you heard zip, zip about it afterwards. Yeah. Wow, um, it's a very ambitious movie. Okay, there's kind of three movies in one. It covers a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> it covers a very long, large time span. Okay. Um, one of my favorite movies in general. Okay. So, what's um, okay? So what's number one? Number one. Oh no. Was the killing of a sacred deer. Oh, oh I've never heard of that one. 20... I feel like that was pretty well received. I've I've heard. I've never heard of it. I I. I, I... It's either I've also it, never heard of it, but I'm not the movie person, so in my experience, either nobody's heard of it or they have heard of it. They either love it or they hate it. It's one of those movies. Oh, so, um, it's Yorgos Lanthimos, the same director as The Lobster, The Favorite. Oh, oh okay. Oh, interesting. Okay, it is a supremely uncomfortable movie, in the best way possible. I do love of a good uncomfortable one. Um, maybe. So it has Colin. Farrell? I yep. get Colin Farrell and Colin Firth. It is Farrell. How can you Hold confuse on. Colin Farrell and Colin Firth? They, both, they the look names. nothing just alike. The both I, just the They're British. They're cruel, but they are not. <laughs> you know Colin Firth. You know Fir- Fir- oh my. <sighs> is he Welsh or something? Do I need to get up? Then? Colin Farrell is like, I believe he's either Scottish or Irish. Are we going to over this one? <laughs> is English. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm losing it. It's fine. Oh, it's no. fine. Oh. You can carry on. Okay. I'll, I'll finish up. Is that. it a youngish oh. guy? A youngish? Yes. Thank you. Is his hair straight or curly? I don't remember. Oh my god. Okay. Well, fine. He, he had it done up for the movie. I don't know. <laughs> Colin Farrell has never had curly hair in any movie he's ever been in because he can't. Straight. So uh, the killing of sacred deer, but yes, very uncomfortable. Um, okay. It's a horror it's movie. It's feral. Yeah. It's a horror movie, kind of. Okay. Where you never really learn what is the thrust of the movie. You just yeah. This this character sets the rules, and yeah. then the movie abides by it. Interesting. Um, I I was. It's just really not talked about to the level that I think it deserves. Yeah, and like I said, I've never well, it. Sure. wasn't nominated for anything. Not not that, as we learned last week, not that award shows count for squat. I mean, they're good for slapping people in the mouth. And I was going to make a slap know, on, like, does the movie slap? Oh, play. Hey. <laughs> All right, yes, Aaron? Do you, oh. know, do you know what I don't think gets talked about enough, but I think should be talked about more? What's that? Dark Crystal. Oh, wait. Mm, hold on. Dark Crystal is a cult classic, though. It is, but it doesn't get talked about enough. Okay, that's... But it's a cult classic. Like, yes, it's... but it doesn't get talked about enough. <laughs> We're not disagreeing, uh, but it's, that is... Tony's disagreeing. It, I, I don't think am, I've ever heard anything the, bad the, about yeah, it. Dark Crystal is one of those, like, like Dark Crystal and Labyrinth are so... not. I'm just mad that they canceled the Netflix series as well. Okay. Okay, that's fair. I say Labyrinth. But I heard that the Dark Crystal series had some issues. Let's face it, anything but Netflix makes that's good is going to get canceled. I think it's then, explain, then explain Strange Things. 
Case in point, Daredevil. Even the sun will shine on it. I mean, I I just feel like it was like, you know, season one, yay, and then you get to season two, and I'm just like, why did we keep this show going? I don't understand. Yes, I'm just like, what do you mean? It's so lame. No! It's so lame. No! It's, I've never seen Hold on, we got a cue, we got a... (laughs) Episode one's great. All right, season one is great. <laughs> okay, but we're talking about movies, not Are TV shows. Are we going to fight about it because I'm done? No, because we're talking about movies, not TV shows, and I was thinking about Colin Farrell because I forgot that I wanted to bring this movie up. Speaking of Colin Farrell movies, I okay, I will just watch, I will watch Colin Farrell in anything, but I think the reason that I will watch Colin Farrell in anything is because of Oliver Stone's, Oliver Stone is the director of this movie called Alexander, which is a biopic of Alexander the Great. That movie is so good. I don't even know how else. It's it's really long, which is one strike against it, I think. Um, Because, you know, really long costume dramas, people just hate those for some reason now. I mean, you know, they used to be a big thing in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. I think they'll make a comeback. Just because, like, blockbusters are getting longer and longer. That's true. And Dune, what is Dune except a, you know, long costume drama in space? I mean, think about it. Come on. That's what Dune is. Um, So, maybe. You might be right about that. That could be fun. Um, But this this movie, Alexander, is one, super long. Two, the cast is stacked, but none of them are in, like, the role that you would expect, right? So, like, Angelina Jolie plays Alexander's mom. But if you don't know your history, you don't understand why Alexander's mom seems to have this, like, hypersexual relationship with everything except her husband. This includes her child. Like, she has this really... Every monologue with Alexander, her son, is very, like... You are the air that breathes. Like, she's just, like, super sexual with him. And you're like, is this supposed... What has happened? Every scene. You know, I did look it up really quick, and I I was like, no, that was pretty... No, at least on IMDb, 5.6 out of 10. Everyone hates that movie. I I don't remember it especially well, but I remember liking it. I remember actually, like, because this is before I saw the movie, but I remember hearing three people at my high school they were all cis white men two of them were high schoolers and one was the teacher the history teacher the history teacher pay attention to this so they're all talking about this alexander movie you know and the the two guys went to go see it and the teacher had not seen it yet and so they were reporting to the teacher you know all of the ales of the movie like oh my god and then he kissed a man and that, at that point i'm because we're in the computer lab at that point i like fly out of my seat as I want to do when people don't know anything and they dare to speak aloud um, to the front of the room and I was like actually there's a long historical record of Alexander the Great having you know at least one very dedicated male lover but he probably before he went on his campaign into you know Persia had quite a few because he was raised by Aristotle who told him that it was okay so was kind of normal in Greek society. Bisexuality was very normal. Um, you know, so every dude had a male lover. It wasn't a big deal. Alexander was, the Great yeah. had a dedicated male lover and didn't marry until super late in his career. And so mm-hmm. that made him significant to historians and to his people. I was always, I'm trying to think where I learned this, and it could be a flawed 
education. But it was like in the the vein of like Greek mythology and Greek, yeah, uh, classical ancient Greek, yeah, kind of um, uh, bisexuality. Mm-hmm. That the general the prevailing thought was that men are for relationships, women are for bearing children. Yeah, that was an Aristotle quote. Aristotle okay. believed that if you only had a male lover because you wanted to get off then you were not paying close enough attention to how valuable having a male lover could be um because if you wanted to get off you could just you that's what your wife was for but aristotle was deeply homosexual so like of course he was gonna like he was kind of biased wise as he might have been so like this is one of those things that like you know the worst kinds of historians have tried to disavow for a while and all of the rest of the historians are going, it's Greece. They're all gay. What are you talking about? Like, it's a, like to deny that from Alexander the Great, what I loved about this movie is that he didn't. Like, Oliver Stone did not do the Ridley Scott. We're going to get to him in a moment. <laughs> Oliver Stone was like, here's the historical record, and I'm going to make a fantastic, like, visual exercise about, over it. He also plays with time in that movie in a way that I found... Fantastic. So you find out through monologue that Philip II, Alexander's father, was murdered. Um, so, like, um, Anthony Hopkins plays, you know, Ptolemy, the general Ptolemy, as an old man, and he's sort of narrating the movie. And he says, so after the murder of Philip, and Alexander went to Greece, and the Greek city-states fall apart, and he conquered them, and then at 19, he went on, or at 21, he went on to the field of battle to kill the king of Persia, right? And so then you go to the massive, like, the historical battle where he took down the king of Persia, um, which is, like, you know, still one of the greatest battles ever fought, blah, blah, blah. Way later in the movie, way later in the movie, at the right emotional beat, they take you back and you get to see Philip murdered. And every time I watch that scene, I am deeply uncomfortable. I'm in tears. And, like, I hate Philip. Like, Val Kilmer makes you hate Philip because I think you're kind of supposed to. Like, Val Kilmer's a great actor anyway. But that's the other thing. Val Kilmer, as this, like, incredible Greek lord, but he's repulsive. Val Kilmer has never been repulsive, but like in this movie, he is horrifying. Um, But when he dies, you feel a deep well of sympathy, or when he's murdered, you feel a deep well of sympathy. You also feel a great deal of rage because you're pretty convinced that Angelina Jolie's the one who orchestrated it, because she's the only one in the audience with a straight face and a red dress. So she stands out. The whole thing is beautifully orchestrated, and I do not know why people laud Gladiator when Alexander exists. So let me get to Gladiator so that I can, you know, talk about Ridley Scott here for a But is that underrated? Gladiator's not underrated. This is the problem. Overrated. Gladiator is overrated. One, because it's too simple, which is partly why people like it. It does Roman history wrong in so many ways. Ridley Scott does this with another movie that I'm going to talk about in a minute. But the point is, the way in which he treats the one female in the entire film, who is the highest ranking person in the movie once her father is murdered, it's crap. Like, the number of swears that I have to choke down to not complain about Gladiator despite having so many lines that I've memorized because I've seen it that many times. Like, I don't know why I keep watching it, because I hate it. I actually loathe Gladiator the, the older I get, because it's Maybe dumb. your DNA needs it. 
No. <laughs> Some are on a chromosomal level. You need to have this in your life. I think I just saw it at the wrong time in my life, and I just can't stop, and I hate it. Um, Kingdom of Heaven, on the other hand, which was... I think Black Hawk Down came in between Gladiator and Kingdom of Heaven. Kingdom of Heaven... And everyone's going to hate me for saying this, but Kingdom of Heaven is the best work that Ridley Scott has ever done. Um, Wrong, but I respect it. Yes, I know. I know. You're a Black Hawk, Black Hawk Down person, aren't you? No, I, I, no. I saw that like once. I wasn't crazy about it. Yeah, me neither. No, yeah, I, I just same. prefer like Alien and Blade Runner. Okay. Fair. Fair. Did he do Blade Runner? Yeah. He did Blade Runner. Yeah. I still think Kingdom of Heaven is superior, but okay. that's just because I'm not necessarily a Blade Runner person. Mm-hmm. I don't dislike it, but I'm also not fanatical. Um... The thing about Kingdom of Heaven is that it is completely... Oh, I, <laughs> I was looking up oh. underrated films of the 2000s. Kingdom of Heaven's on the list. Yeah, it is. That movie is... It's to number 28. Me, I think it's great. Because, one, Orlando Bloom is fantastic. He's not Legolas. And he's also not Will Turner. Two characters that he has been that I loathe. Um, Legolas. <laughs> But he's like he's good. Like he's really good. He gets to show off what he can do. Um, the way he physicalizes like a knight is fantastic. I think that like the story works. There's a little like slipshod. Like you have to believe a little bit too much in this one single character. Um, and but you want to because everyone else believes in him. Like he somehow is able to like make his way into the higher echelons of society simply because he holds the sword of his father, the great Baron of Baron of Evelyn. But no one's ever laid eyes on him before. And this is the Holy Land. Like everyone's vying for this space. None of them are just gonna be like, that's fine. You're good. We like you. You got his sword. Like there's no way you could have killed him in battle. So you must be his son. It's like, no, that's not how that's not how the Middle Ages worked, but fine. I'm willing to buy into it because Jeremy Irons says that you're okay. Like, I'm okay with this. But the thing that I love the most about this movie was encapsulated in this um, review that I read. This review that was ripping it to shreds because of its historical inaccuracies, which I completely, you know, the person's right, but that's not the point. They said something that I really appreciated. 9-11 haunts almost every frame of this film which in the end argues that no one is free of sin and that those who most fervently proclaim themselves the arbiters of God's judgment on earth, Christian and Muslim alike, bring death and destruction in their unseeking quest for power. That one sentence encapsulates everything that I love about that movie. It does not shy away from the fact that it was supposed... It's a capsule thing. Like, it can only work because it was made in which the time it was made. Everyone at that time was, you know, terrified. Everyone in America, you know, was terrified because 9-11 had happened. And there was just... There was constant political, like, finagling and media. You know, all of that crap that you get, you know since the 80s when anything bad happens you know that just this movie like wades into that and goes hey guess what this is an ages old kind of situation and no i'm not going to be nuanced with you you know what i'm going to tell you i'm going to tell you the christians decided that they owned this land and the muslims slapped back real hard because guess what they were both sort of authoritarian jerks who wanted a land that didn't belong to either of them. And it goes hard. 
and I love yeah. that. I'm like, yeah, that's ex- that's the gist of it. Does it get the history wrong? Absolutely. And in this one instance, I don't care. Like, it's like the other Bolin girl. That movie is trash from top to bottom. It's historically inaccurate. It's too. so bad, but the drama is delicious. That I'm like, yeah. I'll watch King Henry do what he wants to do because it's it's a trash movie, but I like watching. There's a video you should watch, and it's about a like an actual historian who like specializes in that time period, (laughs) like among that like court in general. Yeah. She watches the other Boleyn girl, and she like goes, "Yeah, no, no, no," and it's so funny. Even the author of the book, who also created historical inaccuracies with her book, was like, "Yeah, it's very clear that they wanted to make a blockbuster and not a movie about." actual history and I'm like well duh <laughs> okay really quick and I was thinking about this because there are a couple films I, I don't think I have enough time to really delve into they're underrated or overrated whatever yeah. but I want to I think let's go around really quick one or two films really quick that you want people to watch oh okay and I'm going to throw out there um, Darren Aronofsky um, produced wrote the script for produced and even later on wrote a graphic novel for, graphic novel for The Fountain Oh. Starring Rachel Weisz, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, I adore it. Really, I've I can't tell it. you why it's great, but I adore it. Okay. I had a different um, Aronofsky movie on my list. And the other one is um, the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. The minute you said, "Have oh. you seen this before?" I don't feel like it gets talked about enough. I mean, yeah. Andrew Gar- early Andrew Garfield, Christopher Plummer rules in it. Well, Tom, say was Andrew. it Tom Waits as Doc as Mister Nick, a the devil? Perfect alone, <laughs> but even then, like I can't take it away from Christopher Plummer because he rules in this film. What is but this movie? Do, the the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. Okay, those are my two movies. Aaron, uh, um, I'm gonna go a bit more kid friendly here. Um, cool. If you don't watch Treasure Planet, I'm gonna cry. Um, and then second of all, uh, uh, Little Nemo's Adventures in Slumberland. Oh, it's so good. I love that movie oh, so much. It. it is like I was like not born when it came out initially, but I watched it. Yeah. And, like, it is one of those movies that, like, if I need a nostalgia factor, I go watch it. Like, it's a little boy who ends up, you know, in Slumberland, and it's the most adorable thing you've ever seen yeah. in your entire life. We okay. recommend. Okay. Recommend 10 out of 10. Okay. Lord Ish. All right. Like I said, my top two, my, my, my two picks, if you had watched two, it was going to be The Killing of the Sacred Deer and The Place Beyond the Pines, but I'll give you two more. Okay. Um, a Walk Among the Tombstones. Oh. Um, it kind of came at the t- Kind of the, it was in the middle of the Liam Neeson uh, yeah. renaissance. Yeah, right. And I think mm-hmm. as such, it was lumped in with all of those. Yeah. It's really much more of an atmospheric, like, hard-boiled detective story. It gets pretty dark for a... We get a noir here. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's, it's just a really solid movie. So okay. I would recommend that. Okay. Uh, 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 um, Altered States. Um, has oh. anybody seen Altered States? No. So it's a really good sci-fi horror combo from the 80s. Um, starring William Hurt, who just passed away, actually. Oh, I love okay. um, But this is one of my favorite horror movies, period. Wow. Like, mm. It has very trippy visuals, obviously, yeah. because they're, 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 they're like experimenting with altered states and stuff. But like, it's what, the 80s. What happens when stuff enter, starts entering the real world and you can't tell the difference between what's real and what's not? And just the visuals are, the, the visuals in this movie are insane. That feels like, very Johnny Depp. Why, why does that just sound like they live, but more? <laughs> I... I I highly prefer this to They Live, actually. I've never been a big They Live fan, but... I watched it a couple times. I had to watch it in class once. Oh, I really? liked it. <laughs> okay. Um, you have to watch Alexander. You just... that. Ugh, please. It's so good. But the other one that I was going to talk about that 
gets overshadowed by Princess Bride. So I feel like, okay, in the movie, like the cult classic movie camp, you've got three different groups of people. You've got the never-ending story people. Okay. You've got the Princess Bride people. Okay. And both of those people aren't wrong. What's the third camp? But when you come to A Knight's Tale, don't bring those movies to the table because A Knight's Tale will mop mop the floor with you. That movie is genius. Heath Ledger has never been better, and he is fantastic, usually. But in Knight's Tale, he is genius. You forgot the fourth camp? I'm a page master person. Oh, I forgot about page master, yeah. But Knight's Tale is the best of the quad. Princess Bride people, calm down. Ain't nobody talking to you. Sorry. Like I know you're all upset right now. <laughs> I do not care. <laughs> Knight's Tale is top tier underrated film. It is the best underrated film in the world. It's my mom's favorite. All right, dear listeners, you heard it See? here. See? Grant's All right, I, I, eight I, I, movies. I can't wait for this. You gotta give it to him. Okay. Oh my God, what's the smack? Oh my goodness, are you ready for this? I don't know. I'm gonna pass out. It's fine. Smack, Snog, Mary Avada Kedavra. Steven Spielberg. Uh-uh. Christopher Nolan. Mm-mm. Ridley. Scott. Acting like I haven't already pondered this night after night. Okay, first of all, you kill Ridley Scott. Be, be done with his mediocrity, please. He, yeah, he's too hit or miss. He's so hit or miss. Stay, so we can get rid of Ridley Scott, and he's not attractive. So I've never seen any You know, um, you marry Steven Spielberg because anything more than a snog from Christopher Nolan and you're gonna end up in one of his weird movies as like, the woman. Even if you're not a woman, you're gonna end up as the woman in the movie and you're gonna look at yourself and go, oh, that's me. Oh, I see, wow, he really hates me. So you snog him and you you marry Steven Spielberg. You have a good life if you marry Steven Spielberg. He's nice. At least he's got money. And he keeps making great films for decades. (laughs) I think for me it would depend on the type of lifestyle I wanted. Because if I were to marry Christopher Nolan, he seems like a guy like working, writing on his type. Oh, sure, go do whatever you want. You know, he doesn't have that accent. I know. Yeah, he seems like a chill, (laughs) chill guy. But do you really think so? Well, to a certain extent, with Steven Spielberg, I feel like it's more of a lifetime commitment. I mean, marriage is yeah. a commitment, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like. Right. So, yeah. although I, I think I would have to agree with you, pretty much on every. On all have you ever noticed that about Christopher Nolan films? Like, there's always like the one woman, and you can tell that she's some mock-up of a woman that he dated. Probably. Because if you put all of the women in his movies together, they're the same woman. Every time. And all the guys dress up like he does. Yes, right. All of them. Like. I could like watching Tenet was so head trippy because I'm like, where are you? Do you and have a dog in this fight, Aaron? No. No. Again, I've never seen any of these people before in my entire life. And you've once again, never seen Steven Spielberg? I've never seen a picture of him. No. Really? No. Oh, he's adorable. That's pretty fascinating. He is, he is wonderful. I just love that man. I almost threw Martin Scorsese and John Hughes in the mix. You kill Martin Scorsese. <laughs> I, I love his work. <laughs> I love his work. I, I've, I've had a grudge against you ever since the, the uh, staff party at the lake when you badmouthed Scorsese. What did I say? So, oh, so that's oh, God. Oh, was that because I said he was window, being a jerk about movies? Along with our favorite books. So, I mean, that'll be fun. He dies. I'm so